0: the Fontenelle final bell podcast is presented by Fontenelle hybrids the solutions you need the relationships you trust good afternoon welcome to the Fontenelle final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield and i'm so happy to have you back with us don rose joins us with u.s commodities you have been busy traveling the world Uh, checking out agriculture so we're going to be able to kind of plug into some of those insights Don as you have seen out and about over the last five months so welcome back and welcome back to the final bell
1: yeah thank you Susan yeah it's a big world out there and there's a lot of competition and uh, out in the world from in agriculture but the United States I would say still number one in my mind by far well,
0: good deal. You know, we had some not-so-good day in the grain markets today. A lot of, lot of red on the screen. Um, but I think one of the points that you brought up before we started the final bell was this 180 reversal we did on tariffs, the discussion with China between our president and them. That's caused for some marketing concerns.
1: Well, you know, I think it most definitely did. I think if you remember on Friday... Uh, and then early on the weekend, uh you know, things kind of were improving. In fact, actually, a summit with North Korea was believed that uh, that was back on target for uh, June 12th, and uh, that would lead to, uh, you know, some positive results out of China. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, hur- early in the uh, trading today in the morning, we had a reversal where the administration is saying by the uh, uh, first uh, by the end of May, which is what they had already had targeted before, that they uh, plan on uh, imposing the fifty billion dollars in tariffs, with uh, additional one hundred fifty billion dollars uh, in tariffs to follow to try and balance out the trade. So um, we do have some. Uh, Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, is on his way with others uh, to China, and so there's some negotiations. So we'll see. But uh, that certainly uh, was a risk-off type of trade, Susan, as we went through the uh, most of the day.
0: How, from a producer standpoint, I mean, they hear all this tariff discussion. The bottom line to them, we got to get something worked out so they can be profitable, so agriculture can be profitable once again.
1: Well, you know, and that, that is the big issue now. We're, while we're talking all these things, the producer really just is you know, in a camp where he just wants to sell his product at a profitable price and, you know, stay in business. And, you know, we do have some opportunities right now in the marketplace because we're over break-evens for a lot of people, and you don't want to let those get by the wayside uh, because there's a lot of nervousness right now with the uh, trade, Uh, not only with uh, what's going to happen with China. uh, Are we going to go into a full-blown trade war? I mean, most people think not. But then what's going to happen with NAFTA? It seems like that keeps getting pushed uh, back on the back burner. So trade is uh, all important. That's on the demand side. And then on the supply side, a lot of uncertainty with what's going to happen with the weather. We're going to have our first uh, crop rating uh, out today on corn. And it looks like it's going to be substantially over a year ago. So we're off to a very good start. And, uh, you know, that means that our supply hopefully can build back from these tighter numbers. So, It all adds up, you know, as we're dancing around, Susan, what's that going to mean for a final price by the time we go into the start of harvest.
0: Well, we do have the uh, second crop, and I know that you had spent some time in South America, and this second crop is in the ground having a lot of weather concerns along with the continued trucker um, dispute that is going on right now. What are your thoughts on how that's going to affect the trade here in the U.S.?
1: well you know from a uh, south america standpoint i mean it was just kind of one of those years where uh, argentina had a dry drought condition right when i was down there their uh, their uh, second crop in Paraná and some of those other areas looked like it was going to be off to a good start and then all of a sudden uh, that uh, crop went uh, down substantially you know could even be a 80 to 83 million metric ton uh, crop versus 98 uh, plus million metric ton last year. So it has been not just one issue. It's been, uh, you know, one crop after another that's had some issues. And consequently, we uh, added some risk premium to the market. But, you know, your real question was what uh, about the trucker strike? And it's, you know, it is a big deal. I mean, their infrastructure down there, their road structure is nothing like it is in the United States and the truckers are trying to, some of these loads are just, uh, you know, 30 miles, and they sit in, uh, in lines for a long time, you know, much longer than here. So they're trying to equal that out somehow and actually break even and make some money. So I think overall their strike bottom line is, is probably a little bit positive to our markets just from a demand standpoint and the ability for us to supply a product in a timely manner.
0: What are your thoughts on how exports have been lately? Let's start out with the corn market.
1: Well, I think when you look at the corn, actually, uh, you know, I was looking at that, and um, we need, uh, we, uh, need to uh, meet about 45 million, mech, million bushels uh, a week to meet the government goals, and uh, we, met, we hit uh, 67 million this last week. So we're on a pace that our exports probably should be raised uh, on the old crop on corn, and soybeans were right on target. So no problems with the export front currently.
0: And for soybeans?
1: Well, I think when you look at the the soybean market, it's uh you know our exports uh we're in line uh to meet the government goals, so I don't see those really being adjusted here much and you know so it really the the key on the soybean market is uh from uh, we still have adequate supplies um you know and what's the yield going to be here in the United States? Uh, obviously uh Brazil is, had a, a big crop and they're supplying uh, Argentina's crushing plants with soybeans. And uh, we have some competition right now all the way through the uh, summer with uh, Brazil. And, uh, but it's interesting. China, uh, you know, is still buying soybeans here from, from the United States. So that's a good sign. Maybe that's a little bit of front running uh, ahead of some of these trade talks.
0: You know, and it's funny because you do talk about China, and they're still making the purchases, but there's still the nervousness that goes right along with everything that's going on.
1: Well, you know, and I think part of it is, when you look at it, Susan, uh, China, you know, they have the ability to uh, buy a product, but then also they can they cancel. So, I mean, those are some real issues. And we've seen here, you know, over the last uh, few months, uh, exactly that, where they're buying on one hand and they're canceling on the other. So, But it does feel like they're, um, you know, they're, China just has this huge uh, demand uh, underneath uh, from their country and I think that, you know, from from the long pull, I think that's still a positive.
0: Stick around, folks. We have more of the Fontanelle final bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Don Royce joins us with U.S. Commodities as we take a look at what's happening on the grain side. You brought up an interesting point uh, during our break, Don, is double toss on the corn of last week and outside day today. So did they miss the boat when it comes to selling, or is there an opportunity still coming?
1: Well, that's a good question, Susan. I think what we were talking about is uh, last week, December corn went up to four twenty nine and a half. and a half. That was the highest uh, value that it's been for a year going back to July of last year, and exact same price at double top. Then we had a technical turn down uh, today with an outside day down, turned our uh, technical computer systems to the negative side. Um, you know, you're going to have crop ratings out today well over a, a year ago. So it really does bring up the question you know, did we miss the opportunity in selling? It? and that's the reason when you're at uh, between 425 and 430 on december corn i think you have to say that those are opportunities same thing on soybeans between 1040 and uh, 1060 on november beans those are opportunities and you probably owe it to yourself to to get some kind of risk management on just in case that uh you don't see these numbers again if something negative happens from a trade standpoint but um We should have uh, some more weather scares as we go through. I think you're not going to get a knockout punch on these uh, crops until you get closer to seeing if we really have a crop.
0: And and that's the important thing to bring up because, I mean, we're just still in the early part of our growing season here. And I'm hearing a lot of uh, concerns coming out of the eastern Corn Belt, the dryness that we've seen in areas of the Dakotas. So a lot of factors that are going to feed into this and, and influence it over the next couple of months.
1: Well, we do have to raise a a sizable crop this year because we had shortfalls in a lot of the wheat areas around the world. Australia, uh, you know, in some of the other areas. The same thing in corn. We had a shortfall in uh, uh, Brazil's second crop. So we do have to raise a sizable crop this year, although China's off to a a good start. So, um, and that's why I think when we look at it, we think that, you know, this market may bend. Uh, but probably until we get a little closer to, to a real look at what the size of the crop is, that we're really not just going to break. But we're at opportunities, uh, you know, no doubt about it from a risk management standpoint. I think most producers would have said that uh, they would have liked to have sold these prices, you know, if we were in the middle of the winter. So they're here. And now uh, when you get 100 degrees in the, in the Midwest in May, Uh, it makes everybody concerned about what the rest of summer looks like. But we don't see any problems for the next 30 days on our radar.
0: Well, you know that as we switch gears, the livestock guys are closely keeping an eye on what's happening in the grain complex and had a cattle on feed report that came out unusual during the trading session of yesterday. So, I mean, excuse me, on Friday. So they did have some time to digest that information. But still, we come back to a trade today with some triple-digit losses in our live cattle.
1: And I think part of the problem, Susan, is we're now uh fighting those big numbers and we have to have the demand has to stay strong all the way through and I think when you look at when you have like ex- uh, excessive heat like we had in the midwest that does uh, slow the demand down from a domestic standpoint and then also we had some issues on the east coast on some big consuming areas um now I will say the heat usually uh you know it, it can throw cattle off feed So that maybe is a little bit of a positive. But last week, uh, we did have our slaughter up 4% over a year ago and our beef production up 5% over a year ago. So it really is the fact that there's too many cattle coming at us uh, right now and too much meat in general. So, uh, you know, these discounts are in the market for a reason.
0: We do have a shortened trade week. So does that cause any hiccups or concern for the cash cattle?
1: Well, what we're running into, we think the cash cattle probably, uh, you know, they were down sharply last week, uh, 110, down five to six dollars a hundredweight. We think they could be off another dollar plus this week. So, uh, the packer, I think the trick is, who's when the packer's making $250 a head, uh, he probably wants to kill cattle and, uh, he wants to make sure he can keep the pushing it out the other end short term. So, uh, I think that a short kill week probably goes a bit to the advantage of the uh, feedlot if it wasn't for some of these demand issues that we had over the weekend.
0: For the hogs, you know, we've had a topsy-turvy couple of weeks for them. June futures, we're seeing kind of leading this market. Are we going to continue to see that the rest of this week?
1: Well, you know we're in that seasonal up on the uh, hogs, and I think from uh, from that standpoint seasonally, we usually stay, stay strong uh, on hogs into the beginning of July. So you're into the seasonal kick. I think the real uh, the real issue is we've already built some of the seasonals uh, into the June and July hogs. So uh, when you get uh, July hogs are just under seventy nine. As you get close to eighty on July the air gets really thin. In the fourth quarter, we're just going to have big supplies coming at us in the uh, pork. Um, We're going to have big supplies of beef and poultry also. So uh, it's probably an opportunity as we push up for the producer to make sure you get some risk management on in the fourth quarter. Uh, You know, last week we had pork production. Think about it, up six and a half percent over a year ago. Uh, Our kill was 4.5 percent over a year ago, 2.3 million heads. So uh, big numbers. If it wasn't for the demand, you know, the uh, the issue would really be the big supply.
0: What is the best way for folks to reach out to you guys at U.S. Commodities?
1: Yeah, we would uh, enjoy hearing from uh, the people, and it's, uh, uh, they can reach us at 1-800-247-4071.
0: Don Rose joining us. That's the Fontanel final bell on the Rural Radio
1: Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.